right about him. I'm always right. It's like when I'm right, I'm right. And when I'm wrong, I could have been right. So I'm still right because I could have been wrong. That makes sense. Come on. All right. We live. Back yeah, yeah. for episode 11, which I feel like we're coming up on maybe three or four times the amount of episodes we did the last time. <laughs> Shout out ago. to Onse. Onse. That's 11 yeah, episodes, so- right? Something like that. But yeah, we're back. Back for another one. Bigger than ever. Probably not. But I don't know. I think we got some stuff to discuss tonight. Uh, Pre-show was interesting. So we'll (laughs) definitely got some digging in to do. Um, But episode 11, you you said you got a list. Got a list. Got a list. So my list literally is all uh, all Homer list and then one exceptional human being list. So do you want the one exceptional human being or do you want the all Homer list? Um, go with the exceptional person. I'm going to try and find an exceptional person on my list and then we'll go through the homers. Cause I think that's mostly what my list is. <laughs> the exceptional person, the exceptional person on my list is one of the, the greatest athletes in the history of civilization. And that includes the ancient Greek civilization you know, with the original Olympics and with all of the alleged gods like Hercules um, and and Mars. I know that's I know that's not Greek; it's Roman, but whatever. You know, I'm going I'm going deep with this one. This person is an Adonis, a human being who literally towered over his competitors, but also did it with a physique that was possibly the only only person who possibly has a better physique is LeBron James, in the history of our lifetime with sports. This human being also never actually won anything that had to do with team accolades, but that wasn't his fault. Like, it's just one of those things where this person is, is, a, is a future Hall of Famer. Um, there's a reason why he isn't in it right now and it has nothing to do with him again. <sighs> the greatest person on my list that's not a homer, Sebastian Janikowski. I, I love that pick. He was on my <laughs> list. They, I, I, I was wondering, you know, I thought we were going towards Zydrunas Sogalskis, you know, personally. But I mean, Janet Cassie's great pick. Thank you. Great, Thank you, great pick. I had you to, know, we got love to. for the brand. Shout out to Pat. You, you dig? You know what I'm saying? So, like, 436 made field goals in his career, one Pro Bowl selection, but that's because he played in the era with possibly the two best kickers of all time statistically. So, can't really do much about that. Um, and he, I believe he's still the only one to be drafted in the first round. Is that correct? I think so. <laughs> believe that's the case yes yeah, Sebastian Janikowski uh, I, th- I think you're right and I remember oh, no, I'm sorry. one of only three one of only three in our lifetime uh doubtful oh all right I'm about to say in I our lifetime way yeah. back I, I there definitely has not been one since Janikowski yeah I was about to say man like in our lifetime I remember when that happened they were like the Raiders select Sebastian Janikowski they said it as if it was a question like okay we'll, we'll see what happens I mean the guy plays 17 18 years come on uh, yeah, I think it was, let me see, 80% career, 19 seasons. Banging. That's Banging. Like, like you, you know what's so crazy is at the time, the, the response had to have been, uh, that's a terrible first-round pick. That's probably a more productive first-round pick than 95% of first-round picks. And this, this is going to hurt my heart to say. He was the best player on a team that had Warren Sapp and Randy Moss. 
Well, yeah, that's why the Pats got Randy Moss like a fifth rounder. <laughs> like that's that's insane, you know. Like I, I don't I don't like the hate that kickers get personally. Like I don't think that kickers should be on the same level as other people. No offense, kickers, but they get way too much hate, especially when you know their job is important because of how mad everybody gets when they miss. And also, by all accounts, which makes him even more likable, that dude partied. Oh my gosh, dude! He <laughs> never, he never was in shape. Like no. <laughs> never. But but he would chase down the person if they was running that back though. Like yeah. I remember so bad. He would hit you. He'd be like, "Whatever, dog. Like I don't need these brain cells. I'm a kicker." Yeah, he's a. Uh, he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven NFL records. <laughs> longest field goal in overtime most field goals in the quarter that's tied most uh 50 plus yarders in a career <laughs> this one is, is is kind of a what what a fuck it stat most field goals attempted of 60 yards plus <laughs> not made Throw it up <laughs> yep. uh he also holds the longest field goal attempt which i believe this was a, on a kickoff attempt of 76 yards jeez louise he has uh, most extra points in a Pro Bowl at eight. <laughs> <laughs> and most field goals of 50-plus in one game of three tied with Justin Tucker. Yeah, yeah he, he was the guy who was he, like, he could hit it. Yeah, it was like, put, put him, him in, out there. <laughs> put him in. Like, it, it, in, it, the original Polish power. Yeah, one of my favorite uh, little anecdotes about his career that I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. The Patriots played the Raiders one year. Final score of 16-9. to nine, mm-hmm. And every point of the game – was scored by a player whose last name ended in Kowski. Gronk had the touchdown, and then uh, Goskowski and Janikowski tallied the rest of the points. It was the greatest game in Polish history. I'm about to say, could you imagine if that was like part of Family Feud? (laughs) (laughs) Scoreboard says Kowski. (laughs) It really was. It really was. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I also like that he has attempts and other records. Dude, that's he to me. He, you know, what's great about him? He would have been a Raiders player in any generation. Yeah, that's what's dope about him. Like he should, he had to go to the Raiders. Like if he would have went to, if he would have went to the Patriots, I'd have been like, who is this guy? But like he yeah, had to work. be with the Raiders. Yeah, he had to be with the Raiders. Had to. Yeah, I mean, he just wanted to party and have a good time. Like it's a shame that his career wasn't while they were in Vegas. Oh my no, I'm happy actually no. Yeah, it's a good point. He because yeah. he, he wouldn't he would have burned out after like two years, especially coming died. out of Florida State. Yeah, he would have died. <laughs> he would have. Yeah. Sebastian Janikowski would have. We would have having a a, mem- a memoriam service before they even almost went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> like it would have been like dog. Like what could have been because him in Vegas, nah, player, nah. He he would probably been the first if he would have. <laughs> I mean, he played nineteen seasons, but if he would have made the number twenty, he probably would have been the first NFL player to contract diabetes i know jay cutler got it after the fact but like he would have got diabetes and like yo first professional athlete in the history of nfl to get diabetes while being a current nfl athlete yeah i mean his height and weight listed at 6'1 260 which is probably <laughs> generous but he's a kicker so like like pat mcafee was considered enormous at like 6'1 230 Dude, and you know, and Pat McAfee's kind of kind of buff, like he's yeah. kind of thick in a good way. The fact that Sebastian Janikowski probably never lifted any weights, and that was all fat. You know how much fat you gotta have for it to equal up to 260? Like his muscle weighs more than fat. So yeah. he was packing it on. Yep. Him and Jamarcus Russell played on the same team. You know how crazy that is. Oh, they had to have gotten along. 
All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you started there. Um, okay. So should I go with my biggest Homer pick or my excellent human being that I think will be on your Homer pick? And I've figured out why. Mm, I want that one. That's the you want one. That one? Yeah. Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz isn't on my homer. I know you played at Pittsburgh. I love me some Larry Fitz, Gerald, but he's is not. Is he not on my a Philly guy? Or no, I'm thinking of Marvin. Where's Larry Fitz? Marvin, from? Marvin's a Marvin's a Philly guy. Where's Larry Fitz from? But I'm going Larry Fitzgerald. Just the consummate, like pros pro, super Marvel. dependable. Oh, he's wow. from Minnesota. Yeah, not even close. But um again, we've talked about him in the past. Almost mm-hmm. could have had a Super Bowl MVP in a losing effort. He should have. Uh, it, just like he, and he's just still out there. Like he's he, he's just as dependable now as he was ten years ago. Like I I can't be convinced otherwise. Like he's you throw the him the ball, it's like yeah. I, he he's another dude where it's like he, there's no reason that he should have to feel like he needs to go chase someone down. But you know he's gonna be the one busting his ass. And he's the first person with Troy Polamalu ever had two people on the cover of Madden. It's true. That's, That's how great he was. Like he he they lost the game and it's like we got to do something about this. Like we have to give him some type of consolation prize. Here's Madden. Yeah, and he's just he's automatic. Like I he's one of those. He kind of has the Brady thing where it's like if you were to tell me in four years he's still going to give you sixty or seventy catches for eight hundred yards, I'd be like, yeah, sure, why yeah. not? He and, and I think one of the reasons why he lasted so long is because he got to play with Anquan Bowden and he saw how Anquan put in that work because Anquan mm-hmm. played a long time too. Like yeah. he just retired like two or three years ago. Yep. And it's always the one team thing. It always takes it to that next level. When when you do it all for one team, I feel like there's that added bit, especially the way he did. Whereas yeah. like that team was not good many of those years. Almost any of those years they were. Yeah, apart from when they went to the Super Bowl pretty much. And it, yeah, cause he, didn't that Super Bowl team, didn't they have Edger? Or was that after? Uh, they may have had Edge. I, I know they had Kurt Edge. Warren was there. Because I remember before that, they had, for whatever reason, they had um, Emma Smith. <laughs> and then I think Edge came when he went to the Super Bowl, I want to say. Um, no. I think it was Beanie Wells was the okay. primary back. Right? It was 09 that they went? No. That's not 2010, maybe. Nope, definitely not that one. 08 must have been. I think it's 08, yeah. Yeah, 08. Um, da, 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 da. No, Edge was there. Edge was there? My Edge God. was there. Tim Hightower was there as well. Tim Hightower was a low-key beast. Yeah, he, he was, I mean, Edge was there for 13 games. That was Tim Hightower's 22-year-old season, too. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they I, had they had some, like, underrated guys that were, you know, they're like, the what happened to that guy? Like, remember how good early set was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Steve Breston was on that team. Calais Campbell uh, returned two kicks. Okay. That's an Maybe they were one. on side. Um, eight yards returned per. Ooh. So, <laughs> tell me more than on. I, I mean, that's, I don't know. That That's an interesting one. I, I might have to go through the deep dig of that one, but uh, <laughs> that is a, an interesting one. To, for sure. Uh, sorry, I, I that was a, a weird tangent to go on, but <laughs> I saw it and I was like, oh, it must be a different Calais Campbell and realized, no, it's not. He snuck out. He snuck out there. He was like, yo, I'm hiding that person. It's like, remember the times I'm hiding your, your helmet. I'm going out. <laughs> yeah. I I need to find these now, but that, that'll be a, a conversation for later. All right, let's go through some of the Homer picks. All right, let's go. want to go back and forth. Okay. 
So the first homer pick has to be the man, the myth, the former NL MVP, three-time all-star team, all, all pound for pound list for me, the great J-Roll, Jimmy Rollins, career batting average of 264, 2,455 hits, 936 ribbies, 470 stolen bases, back when people actually stole bases. And I don't have up here, but he also has numerous golden gloves, if I'm not mistaken. So J-Roll, and I think he's a Hall of Famer. He isn't in, I know baseball is not going to put him in until he probably has to go to the commission or the council or whatever it's called. But I think J-Roll is a Hall of Famer in my book. <clears throat> he is eligible now, right? He's on the ballot, or he already? There's no way he already fell off the ballot. No, he's still on the ballot. Okay, I think he just became eligible like a year ago. I think. Yeah, like he retired. In, oh no, so he may not have even been on the ballot yet because he retired in 16, and I think it's five year wait now. Okay. So this may have been the last one that he wasn't on, or mm-hmm. would have been his first one. Okay. He he probably wasn't a first ballot guy, but yeah, he's yeah four gold gloves, three time All Star. Uh, he's got the MVP. I believe he went 2020-2020 that year. Um, yeah, that 07 year, 20 triples, 30 homers, 38 doubles. <laughs> uh, how many stolen bases? 41. Because mm. I, I remember that year because I think Curtis Granderson also did it. And they were kind of both – he may have won the MVP on the AL side, but um, – like And, yeah, and, and I just remember the Sports Illustrated stuff talking about, like, this never happens, and it <laughs> happened in both leagues this year. And, and you know what's funny? Uh, it's it's wild too because I remember when um I think it was ESPN or five, it might it might have been Fox, but I remember they did a special on black baseball players, and that was around the time I think it might have been that season. And I think it was Curtis Granderson, it was CC Sabathia, it was J Roll, it was um uh, who's the dude who played center field with the small head? But was fast as hell. Uh, played for forever. Kenny Lofton? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Shout out to drinking Henny like I'm Kenny Lofton. Nah. Oh, kidding. also, yeah, Curtis Granderson did do it that year in 07. Uh, he finished 10th in the MVP. In the <laughs> <laughs> Just not even close. <laughs> nah, nah. Maybe it was by teams. But it was dope, though, to see all of them talking. I remember J-Roll was talking about the reason why he wore his pants that way is because of the Negro leagues with the high socks. Like mm-hmm. he said, that's the only reason he did it. And then CC and then we'll talk. Like it was You're talking about Mike Cameron. I'm, I'm stuck on the center field. It was not my head thing. No, he used to he play had a big the, head. You know, he had a really small head. The guy I'm talking about. What teams? He played for the Phillies for, for a very, for a brief second. This was like in the last, like, I think five years he played for the Phillies. Um Juan Pierre. Juan Pierre, yeah, baby, yeah, yeah, that's exactly who it is. Little head, like his head is so small. Yeah, I remember no, they were talking about his it, hat. It clicked eventually, <laughs> and he because he had to wear his hat underneath his helmet because mm-hmm. it was so small. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. All right, see, look at that little head. Got it. <laughs> I think it was 07 the year that CC was in. I oh, know 08 was the year he was in Milwaukee, and I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for that half season. That's the Rasheed Wallace effect. Remember when Rasheed was like for one game was with the Hawks and then he went to the business? I want that Rasheed no, no, Wallace. No, no, no. This one's worse. So, and this is why, it, which I'm going to defend a guy who, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, will probably go in as a Yankee. But this, let me tell you about this half season for CeCe Bathy. So he gets traded right about the deadline, had to have been, um, from the Indians to the Brewers. 
So you're looking, this guy owes the Brewers nothing. He's a rental. He knows he's about to cash in the next year. He should be chilling, just kind of coasting, staying healthy. They were in a playoff race for like a wild card spot, and he was like, "No, I want the ball like every day." Like he, like most of that half of the season, he was pitching like every three or four days, and he went eleven and two with a one six five ERA, seven complete games, three shutouts. <laughs> Again, in seventeen total games, seven uh, seven complete games and three shutouts, which led the league for the entire season. And he did it just in those last few months. I, I think that people don't remember how dominant CC Sabathia was because his dominance are numbers that people don't think about. Well, like people don't care about complete games. People don't care about shutouts the way that they should. And I think he was a horse. Sabathia, yeah, he's like a, a horse. He, he a was horse. A, a couple of years ago, even with the Yankees at like the tail end of his career, he was the guy where they were like, he's, it would be like August and I'd be watching the game and they're like, when he pitches the day after a loss, he's undefeated. <laughs> he was like almost he, like Andy Reid on bye weeks. Yeah, he's the streak breaker. It's like that's the guy you go to when you're like, okay, we just need you to grind six or seven and give up two runs. And he's like, all right, done. Do you really think he's going to make it to the Hall? I think he should. Not should, because we think Kurt Schilling should as well. No, I, I think he will. I think he will. Well, I mean, I he's he's six time All Star. He's got a Cy Young. Won a playoff MVP for the ALCS. I think people just in general like him. And I think that but helps. He, but he doesn't have like those prolific numbers that they care about. Like he's, he's under 3,000 strikeouts. He has 3,000 strikeouts, but he's under 300 wins. Um, his whip is, is great for like great players, but compared to historically, I don't his think ERA, like, you know, in the latter years fell by the wayside, which hurts him. Yeah, which sucks because I think that see to me, I feel like I personally feel like I mean we were we both already said our gripes about the baseball hall of fame, but I think that you have to look beyond baseball is all about numbers. We just look beyond the numbers and take a player at his peak and how long that peak lasted, and then yep. look at the numbers as opposed to looking at the numbers and saying, okay, this is kind of what it is. Because CC Sabathia for his peak, you can argue he was a top five pitcher in the MLB. Like that's oh, a for real sure. Yeah, no, I, yeah, and I think it's a very easy argument to make. Um, and, and it's always been kind of my biggest, uh, and, and this goes for all Hall of Fames, is can you tell the story of that sport without this player? And I think usually that tells you if they're great enough to be in the Hall of Fame, apart from like the one-off instances, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's actually a tough thing for CC because I think if you compare him to a Kurt Schilling. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit easier to tell the story of baseball without CC than it is Kurt mm-hmm. Schilling. See, and, and I think baseball is one of those sports where I think any sport where you have that many people on a team, it's hard to justify that rationale for everybody. But there are certain positions on that team that you can justify it. I think that the, the, the conversation about can you tell the history of the game without that person works in baseball, but only for like three to five, not even five, probably three to four positions. And other than that, it's kind of hard to use that. But pitcher is one of those positions. And I think that I worry that CC won't make it to the Hall of Fame until it has to go to like the, the Veterans Commission. And then they're going to be like, OK, we can put him in because I don't think that they because you look at CC, CC in his in his years against all the other pitchers that were there, arguably for a career, CC's at the bottom of the great pitchers for a career, not for his peak, but for the career. 
And I think that they hold certain people at a higher regard because they play for historically great franchises where you can argue, I don't even think it's really an argument, CC's greatest years came with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and yeah, the greatest years were probably – it was kind of a, it was kind of a split. So I would say if, if we're being generous, 06 is with the Indians through 2012 with the Yankees, 25 to 31. Averaged uh, 17 and 8 with a – where's your ERA? Um, blah, blah. I'm trying to take a look at all of it. With like a, a about three ERA, which, you know, you'd like to see better. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think it's one of those where it's like you just talk about watching that guy pitch. And it's like, like I said, you know, that was – you know, there weren't, guy, there weren't many guys built like him both physically or just in like grit. To be like, I mean, yep, I'm going to grind you seven. When CC got skinny, he was trash. But then he put a little bit more weight back on. He's like, I'm about to get fat again. All right, cool. And then he started yeah. balling again. Yeah. Like David Wells. <laughs> <laughs> David Wells, man. That is not someone that's going to pop up, I don't think, on, on my list at any point. Uh, oh, so so my other, my other homer pick. And uh, former NBA MVP, two-time champion, five-time all-star selection, over 18,000 points, over 8,000 rebounds, and over 1,000 blocks in his career. This guy is a forgotten player of yesteryear, but he's one of the greatest players to ever do it in the NBA. But he was arguably a greater player in NCAA history. UNC's own Bob McAdoo. Oh, well, McAdoo. I thought, see, even with 11s, you could have gone a couple different homer ways. You, you, you know, how many more do you got? I don't want to. Spoil any if you got a couple. Oh, more. I have, uh, I have two more. Okay, so I won't spoil the people I was thinking of. That, that's a good pick. He, is, I feel like he is kind of forgotten about for how great he was. Um, I mean, he won an MVP, but I feel like that's not remembered at all. No, it's not. It, it's, <laughs> like, it's probably because you know he was, you know, a lot of his career was with, or you know, part of his career was with the Lakers, mm-hmm. and you're immediately drowned out. Yeah. Um, and he won it in the 70s, like 75, when 75, he had like yeah. Dr. J there playing, you had Moses playing, like he won it around great players, which is yep. also like wow, that is forgotten. I like that pick. I like that pick. Um, I'm gonna go with one, a homer pick, the one that you'll have definitely seen coming. I gotta show some love to Jules. Ooh, I knew you were gonna do Jules, S- I still, knew you still active. The the Super Bowl MVP of a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. um, you know, again you talk about the the Larry Fitz, just like the guy that you can always rely on to give you. I mean, you know, he's been banged up lately, but uh, you know, it, he's older. I feel like than people think he is, which hurts my heart knowing that you know he's probably not going to have too many runs left in him, both physically or. Uh, you know, mentally in terms of how much longer he wants to keep doing it. Cause that dude takes more licks than he should and has always. He's the new I mean, brand. He, I think he's still concussed from being hit by Cam Chancellor in the Super Bowl like eight years ago. He's the new Brandon Stokely to me. Remember how Brandon Stokely used to lead with his head, but he would catch all the slant routes until yeah. he couldn't walk anymore. And it was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Edelman's going to be real messed up in, in, in years. And that's and sad. It is. Um, super likable dude. Uh, big burger guy making little <laughs> videos on YouTube burger time. He's just, 
Oh, I didn't even know that. Really? Yeah, yeah. No, he, he's a funny, funny dude. Oh, let me go, let me go to his page and save it for later. Like, I didn't even know that. I love a good yeah. burger combo. Hold on, let me look this up. I mean, I, I don't know how many he's posted lately, but if you do uh, burger and then T Y M E, uh, or if you just yeah, burger time Edelman, I'm Found sure it. I'm sure it pops up. Found it. Okay, let me take a screenshot of that to go back to that later. Yeah, he's he's a he's an interesting dude. He, you know, I feel like. He's one of those few that's really gotten to have a little bit of a personality in New England, which is dope. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also, you know, he, he's baby baby brother to Tom Brady, essentially, at this point, I think. He's kind of fallen in line when he needed to. Uh, and I, I, I love think how he, Edelman just inserted himself into the greatness conversation. Like it was Gronk and Brady's like, yo, no, uh, uh, I'm here too. <laughs> like, don't forget yeah. like the shirts he would make and stuff like that. He, he's kind of, he's kind of got that, uh, Kurt Schilling thing to him where it's like the, the argument is now like, is he a hall of famer? And it's like, statistically you're like, no, but then you look at like his playoff numbers and you're like, well, <laughs> All right, you got it. You can't be. Comparing. I'm, I'm not putting them in. I'm not putting them in. Don't get me wrong. I'm saying you can't be comparing Massachusetts athletes to Kurt Schilling with everything we know Kurt Schilling got going on off the field. I think. Well, that no, that <laughs> crazy issue. His issues were in Rhode Island, not in Mass. His issues were in Rhode Island. Oh man, that's fun. That, I knew you was gonna go Adelman, but that's a great pick, man. Like I bangs with you, Adelman. All right, my my, my next pick, it. second to last pick. Um, this man only played 13 years professionally. But in those 13 years, he was a seven-time All-Star and also won the Triple Crown twice. My homer pick is Lefty Gomez for the New York Yankees. Yup, 1930 to 1943. The fact that this man only played 13 years and has two Triple Crowns and seven All-Star selections. Pretty good. That is the dominance of this human being. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with a different Yankee number 11 myself, but... Nah, we're gonna leave that one off. Okay, I, I like that pick. You, you went, you went more historical. I had to, I had to give it, give it up for those guys, especially anybody. I didn't look up his real ethnicity, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretending like he's Mexican because it's Gomez, and I think that a Gomez plan for the New York Yankees is kind of swag. I'm looking at a picture of him. I, mm, I mean, he's from California, so it's possible. And it's hard to tell with black and white pictures. I was going to say, yeah, that's true, too. So maybe maybe he's like the Ted Williams Mexican, where it's like the, he's a little bit whiter than the rest of his family, so he was able to get away with it playing in the 30s. Yeah. But that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, the fact that they even let him on the field with the last name Gomez is amazing to me. Back then. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go – okay, I'm between two. Uh, which one do I want to go for? We're going hoops on this one. My last one is hoops, too. I like it. Okay. I don't want to steal yours by mistake. Active or, or former? Former. Okay, I'll take I'll take the active one then. I'm a shooter, so <laughs> I got to show love to Clay, who I, I think that. is another one of the most likable athletes. I feel like he's kind of high all the time, which makes him, I feel like, like, have you ever just seen him not when he's playing? Mm-hmm. That guy never looks there. Mentally. That's because see, that's because Clay looks like a thumb. Like if you put your thumb up and you look at Clay Thompson, they look exactly the same. So his eyes, yup. So his eyes though, like they don't open right. Like he just looks like a thumb. So like it's like somebody smushed. Like there you go. Like somebody put their fingerprint on a crime. Boom. I love Clay. And when Clay got hurt this year, I real I didn't realize how much yeah. I love Clay until he tore his Achilles again. Again, not yeah. again, but he tore his Achilles. Yeah, like that. 
that hurt, man. Like I actually really like Clay Thompson. And if he never plays again, he's a he's a future Hall of Famer, probably first ballot and arguably the second greatest shooter of all time and arguably the greatest shooter of all time. Like if we really want to talk about it, it's a, it's a really big argument that he is better than Steph as an actual shooter. Like it just it's crazy to look at him on the all time list. I mean, Steph obviously we know how far up the list Steph is and how few games, but like Clay Thompson is like twenty away from Kobe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kobe it's took like, a lot of shots. <laughs> Kobe played twenty years. Yeah, like yeah. Let, let's compare. So Clay has seventeen ninety eight. Kobe has eighteen twenty seven. Clay's played six hundred and fifteen games to Kobe's. Uh, 1,346. So he's played more than double. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy to look at where he is on that list. And it's just, you know, one of the more effortless looking shots. I think like his shot is perfect. So perfect. Yeah, so perfect. perfect. He probably also has the least amount of dribbles in the entire list as well. Uh, I would argue comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> also, shout out to J.R. Smith in the top 15 though, while we're here. How many shots did J.R. Smith take? No, I want to hear that. <laughs> uh, J.R. Smith, how many three-point attempts total? <laughs> By the way, you know what's crazy? So J- when did J.R. Smith come in the league? I just want to be right on this. Like 05? In, in 05. Okay, so 04, he came in. This Also, 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 sidebar. I can never get over the fact that J.R. Smith came out of high school because he's supposed to go to UNC, and that would have been a nasty team. But continue. That would have been. Okay, so he came in in 04. Player X came in in 06. Mm-hmm. And Jared Smith has four less three-pointers made than him. And I feel like this name will surprise you. He's only four three-pointers behind J.J. Redick. Mm. <laughs> it's like, J.J. Redick, that was all he ever did. All he did shoot. was shoot threes, yeah. And Jared Smith's like, okay. <laughs> to me, that means that J.R. Smith had his foot on the line a few times. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so total three-pointers attempted – Holy, that is a big number. <laughs> Did you want to take a guess? I'm I don't know go... why I thought it would be so, f- like, less, but. All right, so attempted. I'm going to go 1,695. Well, no, he has uh, 1,930 made. Oh, you didn't tell me how much he had made. Oh, you yeah, yeah, said, yeah, yeah. You yeah, just yeah. said he was 18, 18 uh, 15, 15, 15, or something 15, like that? Yeah. yeah, you didn't tell me how many. Okay. So, yeah, one, how many he has made? 1930. He made – oh, that's the attempts? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's made. Attempts is 5,078. <laughs> I told you. I was like, what's the attempt? You like, look how high. I was like, oh, Pete, that's yeah. a good clip. That's 37%, over 37%. That is literally average. Is it? To be shooting that much? Yes, that's average, 37%. LeBron is like a career 30 well, that's, that's what I was just going shooter. to. Let's see LeBron. He's like career. He's 34. 34. He's taken 5,685. Too many threes. Too many. Yeah, he's got 20 more made or almost 30 more made than JR. And he's played probably 500 more games. Uh, This is what I want to look at. James Harden. James Harden. Oh, my. (laughs) So he's played significantly less games than either of those two people. Do you want to guess how many attempts he has? Attempts? Yeah, I'm not going to give you the numbers. He's above right. both of them on the all-time three-point list, though. I'll tell you that. On made or attempted? Made. Made. And attempted. I'm, I'm going to go James <laughs> Harden has over 7,000 attempts. <laughs> a little over 6,600. 
That's insane, dog. That's literally disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Jared Smith is shooting at a better percentage than Harden and LeBron. That's also surprising. Yeah. So that's like Jason Terry sneaking on the list with his. The Jet. He, yeah, he's only got 6,000 attempted. Holy. He's proficient. Also, See, why is Jamal Crawford still not on a roster? That's but that's a, that's a story for another day. Yeah, that's definitely. Shout out to JJ Crossover. So my last pick for number 11 is a Philadelphia legend, Philadelphia born, Philadelphia drafted, 10-time NBA All-Star selection, two-time NBA scoring champion. And because of this man, not only because of this man, but one of the biggest reasons why the Philadelphia 76ers still wear the national jerseys from time to time is because of this great man. He has over 16,000 points, over 6,000 rebounds, and over 1,500 assists. Mr. Paul Arizon, Philadelphia I, I, Warriors. I, I thought you were going to go there. Yep. Uh, that to, that one I was expecting. I, I wasn't sure on the, on the previous one whether I wanted to go for Clay or Clyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clyde Frazier. So I, I left I left Clyde off, but that was a, that was a great choice. I, I kind of had a feeling once I knew it was a homer <laughs> list that you were headed that route. <laughs> I um, couldn't. I can't, I can't give any Knicks a big up in because they get too much hype anyway. So I was like, sorry, Clyde. Keep it moving. I, I figured it was probably him or Drew Holiday kind of – I love me some Drew, J. Rue. Also, scrolling down the list, there's so many 11s in Philly history, like even down to Wentz recently. Yeah. Like, why? Yeah, I don't get it. There's a lot it, of 11s, dude. A lot I, of Yeah, and, and we didn't bring up Gary Sheffield, so that would have been another good one. But I love me some Chef. He still – did you see that video last year with him with the big-ass jar? Yes. Jaw yes. Of- <laughs> hitting balls over a highway? With a cigar? <laughs> yeah. He was chewing. He had chewing tobacco on one side and a cigar on the other hand just d- bombing. Hey, just no efficiency. Reason. Efficiency. Dude, I love Gary Sheffield. Okay. We had so many swaggy baseball players in our lifetime, man. Like, it's insane yeah. the swag that we had in our lifetime. And it's gone. Like, how has it gone the other gone. way? How has it gone the other way? It's it's so corny now. Like, like, corny. like, Mookie Betts might be, like, one of the cooler players, and he's corny. He's corny. Like, it's crazy. Like, we used to have people. Like, Fern- I need more Fernando Tatis. It was chains shit. on and stuff. Yeah, like yeah. like baseball used to look cool, like the double wristbands that were on the forearm, the high socks, the the shades, the, the yeah. chewing tobacco, the like flip up shades too, like not- the flipped up shades, yeah. like it, the, the the chest meat out. Like they used to have that joint unbuttoned just enough so you can see that they had they were fully grown. So it's, that's that's cool. like how Luke Voigt is now. Like I feel like he's that version now. I've grown to really like Luke Voigt, even though he's a Yankee. I'm just like <laughs> you're different. Like do something different. Listen, I love like it. the best players in the world. Like, you know, it's like they could walk in a room and the average sports fan, like the average sports fan, would not recognize them. They might like if I was like, "That's Nolan Arenado," they'd be like, "Oh, right, yeah, the the third baseman." But it's like if Nolan Arenado walked in the room, you'd be like, "All right, dude's in pretty good shape." <laughs> so, so it's this, like this, this he's, a a, he's going to be a historic baseball player, and it's like people just don't care. So this is a question for you, which is also a transition. Who has the most unknown average great athlete? Baseball or mixed martial arts? Um, we can mm. keep it in America. I don't gotta go world. So, so you said like the most. Un, like Wait, underappreciated, unknown. No, 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 no. Which, which sport has the most unknown great athletes? So, like, who, who? If you know the sport, you know they're great. But if you don't know the sport, you're like, who is this person? I think, I think baseball. And the reason I say that is, 
with most weight classes in MMA, you're like, that's a great athlete. They're, the way they look when they've cut weight and they're, they look bulked up. Well, no, I don't mean as in like actually being a great athlete. I mean, we know this is literally like, say everybody was a great athlete. Everybody is a 10 on the athlete scale, right? Okay. Being known. Like if the person oh, was out, okay. in, out in the world, like <laughs> who has the no, most I think it's baseball. I think it's still baseball because MMA is more global right now, I think. You think so? I, I mean, think it's, I think it's like this, the top stars, I think like, you know, unless but that's you the know, top stars, talking, though. I mean, just in general, like the top stars, like, yeah, hundred percent. But like, the, most people in the world don't understand baseball. Like, but the, the Latin most of the world plays do. baseball, though. No, they don't. Not in Europe. They do. That's one, literally not one. Eight, well, eight, Japan, they do, but like Japan, not most, they play baseball. Korea, Korea they got. They play Korea, baseball. Korea actually gets wild. <laughs> I was they I was play. getting up at like three a.m. to watch the Korean game sometimes last year. You dig? So even even like Haiti plays baseball, but Dominican Republic they play baseball, baseball. Like you know, Canada plays baseball. South America, so like only in parts of Europe they don't really care about baseball. But like, yeah, MMA might still be more hidden just because people haven't taken a liking to the sport yet. Mm-hmm. You know, probably isn't quite as global. You know, apart from, you know, it's getting there though because you know you start to have the Aussies, the the English, the well, well you mean the Kiwis, right? The Kiwis and the Aussies. So we ain't, we ain't, come on, we don't talk about the Aussies. What have the Aussies done lately? Dog? We talk about the Kiwis now, man. It's all Kiwi life. Okay, on, hey, I'm, I'm with it. But <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, it's kind of, you know, they're, they're coming here. You know, they're meeting. They're, they're getting really close. So I think it's a fair yeah. question. I think because I, I think about that because after the fights last week, when we were talking about like the Black Beast and we were talking about these people, I was like, if these guys just got clothes on, I don't think nobody knows who they are. Like, I remember when I was in D.C., I was, I was walking and I had a quote about that. Huh? Like, Didi Gregorius, who was the shortstop for the Yankees for mm-hmm. a few years after Jeter, used He's to say, he, he, great player. He, he, he used to just walk around New York. No one recognized him. Like, mm-hmm. in New York. And he was like, as soon as I put on a hat, everyone notices me and recognizes me. It's like Clark but, Kent with the glasses. But it's like, that dude was arguably their best player for a couple yes. years yes i don't even know if there was really an argument <laughs> like he was a beast no i was like i guess when judge was healthy but he wasn't so see best ability is availability yeah can't do so, that. and dd was giving him 25 a year mm-hmm. 25 jacks so it's still in bases yeah so but it was like they just didn't recognize him and it's like i bet there's people like that and you know like there's a lot of unassuming looking baseball players the same way there's a lot of unassuming looking mma fighters See, but, but, but the thing about baseball players, though, a good deal of them nowadays are not as small as a lot of MMA athletes mm-hmm. who like we know of. Like baseball used to be the sport where short guys and people who weren't average height would play and they would be superstars. But nowadays, like a lot of baseball players are a lot bigger than we realize. And the MMA fighters are a lot smaller than we realize. And it's right. like, oh, sh- that's crazy. Yeah, it's like, you know, you put Dustin Pedroia and Conor McGregor next to each other. They're not far off. No, <laughs> like at <laughs> all. <laughs> okay, but, but before we transition too far, I do want to give my last my last shout out to a number do. eleven. Uh, it is baseball. It is it is another one of those guys that would walk around and you wouldn't think anything of him. Most likely, um, I'm giving a little love. He only played for the Red Sox for three years, but it's three very crucial years, both in my life as a Red Sox fan and in Red Sox history. Bill Miller. Oh, wow. I haven't heard that name in a while. You know, he won a batting title in 03. 
mm-hmm. narrowly edging out Manny Ramirez, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so he was 12th in the MVP voting that year. He also, I remember, uh, hit a grand slam from both sides of the plate in the same game. Was that the year Miguel Tejada won MVP in 03? Uh, no, A-Rod won. A-Rod won. Another, another one. All right. Also, shout out <laughs> to on. Here's, an, here's a blast from the past just because I was looking at the MVP race and stuff that year. Rookie of the year that year. I haven't heard this name in years. Angel Barroa. Oh, Angel. He was a beast that year. He was a monster in Kansas City. But, uh, yeah, that was a very, you know, uh, formative time in my life as a baseball fan. Uh, so, Bill Miller. And then, obviously, he was there in 04. Maybe the most – one of the most important hits in Red Sox history – uh, single up the middle against Mo, uh, to to bring in Dave Roberts mm-hmm. after the steal. So I had to show a little love to Bill Miller. Uh, also because at that time I was playing a lot of third base. It was it was kind of my natural position. So Billy Miller had to get a little love. Yeah, he three twenty six. He and Manny finished at three twenty five in the batting race in oh uh, three. But yeah, mm. I, I think the one game. It was July 29th, 2003, and I remember that because it was the day before my birthday. <laughs> he hit – oh, no, wait. Did I say two home runs from each side of the – a home run from you each side of the two grand play? slams. Okay. I just want to make sure I had it correct. Yes, he had two grand slams, one from each side of the plate, and I believe he – and he was the first player to do so. And then he hit another home run as a th- – Solo shot, maybe, but he had, I think he had 11 RBIs that night or something. It, it was something ridiculous. Um, where, where are you? Shot the Todd Walker back then, too. I, I forgot about a lot of these guys. Yeah, uh, we're not going down a Red Sox okay. rabbit hole. Yeah, nine RBIs. That's all I wanted. Nine RBIs, uh, three home runs. Not too bad. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> but I digress. Yeah, I mean, uh, back to MMA. So... I got to know, man. Real, real spill. Mm-hmm. Not who you want to win, but who's going to win. These three championship fights coming up. Not who you want to win, but who's going to win. Because I, who I want to win and who I think is going to win, I don't think any of them are the any same. Any of them are the same? Um, that, oof. I'm just familiarizing myself, making sure I don't forget any. Okay, so so should we start with who we want to win, and then we'll move to who we think is going to win? Yeah, yeah. Start start at the bottom uh, when it comes to the championship fights. Okay, I want Aljo to win. Oh wait, and announce who the fight is. Okay, Peter Yan, the defending mm-hmm. bantamweight champ against Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. I want Aljo to win. Same here. Uh, women's featherweight title. Obviously, the goat Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. I probably want Megan Anderson to win. I don't know why, because I love Amanda Nunes as a fighter, but but I like Megan Anderson as a person a little bit more. I don't know her as a person, but I do want some parity, and I do believe that too. And I still, yeah, and I think Amanda Nunes is the goat woman fighter, but I don't think that it's a goat. She's the goat by a mile. I think she's a goat by like a like a like a yard, like a half step. Yeah, like a half step. But with who? Cyborg, I assume. Yeah, cyborg for sure. I mean, I I just I I want from and obviously champ versus champ. For the 205 strap, the defending Jan Blahovich against the middleweight champ, Izzy. Israel Adisanya. 
I want Izzy to win. I know you don't like Izzy. I like Izzy. I love Izzy. What are you talking oh, about? I, love Izzy. Who, I was talking to someone else then. I apologize. I was talking what? to someone else. So I was talking to someone recently. Don't disrespect I don't know why I thought it was you. No, I love was, Izzy. And they were like, I don't like Izzy. And I just kind of brushed it off. But I Hell didn't really no, I get why. Izzy. Okay. I'm, I'm glad I we're love on the same Izzy. Page. I, I, I don't like how poor of a trash talker he's like. He talks a lot and most of it isn't good. Like, I'd be like, all right. He's a little corny with that. Yeah. It's it's it's, a, it's a, like a lot of bit of corny. Like, it's like <laughs> one of those things where, like, I love Izzy so much that it's cringy. Like, listen, to him. he's almost Henry Cejudo when he's talking. Man, that, don't say that because now I'm gonna think about that next time he's talking. I don't want that. Okay, mm-hmm. so we 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 want all three of the challengers. Mm-hmm. And 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 you think and, everyone defends? I think everybody's going to defend. Like common sense would tell because the only. All right, so let's go back to the bottom. So Peter Yan, right? Mm-hmm. Aljo, I think Aljo has everything he needs to win, mm-hmm. but. I don't think he's ever been in this position where he's going against a champion like this and has the wherewithal to figure out how to do it because I feel like he's been cock blocked from championship opportunities. So long. So long. And I feel like it's such a buildup. He could overcompensate and I really do. I think he's gonna be overcomp. I just have a feeling that he's gonna overcompensate. And I hope I'm wrong because I want Aljo to win. Like I really bangs with Aljo. I think he's one of the few people who isn't a star in the UFC who should be a superstar. Like he's 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 a well known name to a certain extent, but talks his well. Is, yeah, his style is dope. Everything he does is cool. Like he he is the epitome of a cool fighter, but people don't really know who he is. A, like, a great nickname, dog. Like he he's a beast. He, he you know what's funny? He is who I think Tyrone Woodley was trying to be. Yeah, like he kind of just naturally is that. That's just who he is. I think you know, and his story is amazing. So like I, I'm rolling with it. But Peter Yan is a is a buzzsaw. Like he really is a freaking buzzsaw and in his camp. I also don't think don't really though know. that Jan has fought someone. This is no disrespect to Aldo. I don't think he's fought someone at Bantamweight that's as good as Aljo is at Bantamweight. I agree. I completely agree. So and that's why I like it. I do think Aljo can win. You know, I, I think like you said, oh, I think he, oh, no, I think Aljo yeah. can win. I'm not saying there's no chance. No, that, that's, fair. that's fair. He just needs to keep his head. And then I think he's would be the favorite. I, yeah, I, I believe that if Aljo plays it calm, he will win. I just don't know if he's gonna play it calm. Like this is his his first and maybe his only time to really get a championship shot. And he's been waiting on this since probably 2018. That's what I was going to say after beating Cody Stammen, maybe. Yeah, and I, I think that'd probably be about right. And I, and I, I kind of feel like Aldro has to finish him, and I don't know if he can finish him. It, he may have to go kind of the boring, like kind of what Usman did to Woodley. Just, mm-hmm. You know, he's got the wrestling. You know, not that Jan's a, a schlub there, but I think you just have to keep shooting and just hope for the best. Yep. Like, and I hope I, once again, I think that he can win. I hope he wins, but I don't know. Like something just telling me that the moment might be a little bit too big. Cause when you've been waiting this long for your chance that you've earned two years ago, three years ago, sometimes you just press too much. I think that's what happened with Cyborg and Nunes. I think Cyborg was just like, she wasn't, that wasn't Cyborg. That was a straight mm-hmm. up, like, I got too much on that my mind. This is my, yeah, that was Chris Justino. <laughs> yeah. Like that was not Cyborg. Like it's and and I think that when you wait so long for something like that, you press way too often, and then it just like that's what happened with Jose and Connor. I think that that's really yeah. what it was. Like I'm because Jose got hurt and that thing just kept getting pushed off. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of that. You look at any time. Well, it's why ring rust is a thing. I, mm-hmm. I think in the same way of. Unless you're GSP. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why he's the goat though. <laughs> but I'm saying like, you know, even you look at it and obviously again, Amanda's as great as she is, but you look at like Rhonda, right? Mm-hmm. After she gets knocked out by Holly Holm was what, two years later. And it was like, everyone's kind of like, Oh no, she was just a nothing. You know, and like I she, called that knockout too. I told everybody, I was like, "Yo, how yeah, you I know? had money on that. I, I had money on home that night, mm-hmm. um, and I and I love Ronda, but I, I had money. I was like, that is too much. That I was like, is you're going to try to strike with a 18 time, right? Bro. And that's and then, and then that's what happened again the second time, which is someone you should probably even less strike with in terms of mm-hmm. trading blow for blow. And it was just like she overcompensated completely. Like she should have just shot on Nunes immediately. Mm-hmm. And then she got hit once five seconds in, and the fight basically could have been stopped then. Which also brings me to the point, transition, to the Amanda Nunes fight. Mm-hmm. I don't – I know this is going to be sacrilege and blasphemy, but nobody from Brazil listens to this podcast. Yeah. I just don't believe all of these Brazilian black belts. Like, I just don't believe – Yeah, there's like, a lot there's, of black belts. There's a lot of fucking black belts. <laughs> it comes and, with and, your birth certificate, I think. That's what I think happens. I think you come out the womb with at least a brown belt, and they be like, yo, if you work a little bit, we'll give you this black one, because all of these motherfucking Brazilian black belts, and none of them use jiu-jitsu. And it's just like, they just all happen to be heavy-handed strikers. Get out my face, dog. I mean, like, I, I guess, you, you know, it feels like that way a lot with jiu-jitsu. It's like, Dustin Poirier has a black belt. But he also has multiple submissions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nunes, Nunes has tapped people. She, she, tapped, just, think, she doesn't need people. Need I think she's to. tapped a couple of people. Let's see. She, I know she got. Um, who'd she get? She got Jessica Pena, maybe. She got somebody in like a triangle choke, I think. I just think we, but yeah, she just hits people really hard. Oh, she got Misha. Misha T. She got Misha, Sarah McMahon. But then the rest of them are just TKOs. Exactly. Like, <laughs> fucks people up. You can, you can fall into a submission. You're like, oh, here's she your She got neck. armbarred <laughs> in her first pro fight, it looks like. 35 seconds in. Oh, <laughs> you hear this one? Her second pro fight was a TKO by corner stoppage 11 seconds in. <laughs> oh, see, this is the type of stuff. Like, there are certain things in mixed martial arts that are starting to look a lot like boxing, like professional boxing. Like Brazilian black belt, I'm starting to look at it kind of weird. All-American wrestler, looking at it kind of weird. Because Justin Gaethje Justin was Gaethje. an all-American wrestler. <laughs> he looked like he never wrestled a day in his life. I was like, what is this? Like, what's yeah. going on? I can't, I don't know, Ivan. I got to look deeper into I got to check the Carfax. I got to be like, okay, where'd you get your black belt? Did you get it from a guy on a corner or did you get it from the Gracies? Like, what? Got, got, it, from, get- got it from the guy that, like, I, I should have brought this up when you were talking about Jimmy Rollins. We used to go, uh, I can say this without incriminating anyone because I think the operation has since been shut down. Um, we used to take the train up to Temple and and walk around, and my buddy had this place. It was basically a garage. And the guy, not only would he sell you uh, beer without you know checking any type of ID, <laughs> fake or otherwise, uh, he would also pack our bags for us so that nothing would you know move around. And he looked a lot like Jimmy Rollins if Jimmy Rollins' career went very sideways. <laughs> and uh, he, he, we used to say, you know, people used to tell him, like, oh, you look like, uh, you look like, uh, what do you say? Yeah, I think his name was Jimmy, too, if I remember correctly, because it would be like, oh, you look like J-Roll. And he's like, oh, no, J-Roll played for the Philly. Jimmy sell beer. <laughs> 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 so th- th- there's there's my little anecdote. Listen, much, man, much delayed. They did millions off of selling alcohol, so I'm mad at it. Illegally, yeah. both of them were illegal. Yeah. Okay. So the Amanda Nunes fight, she is a 
beyond heavy favorite. Mm-hmm. Like this is almost at the point that the Ronda Holly fight was. So when so when does the Lioness fight Henry Cejudo? Man, that would be that would be glorious if if she could knock him out. But but real but being honest, like if she wins this fight, there's nobody to fight there's but no Shevchenko. There's yeah. nobody to fight but Shevchenko. Like she has to fight Shevchenko. Yeah. And arguably Shevchenko won the last one, even though she's zero and two technically against her. You can argue that she won that last one. So it was like, at what point do we really? And and this is also something that like I'm looking at MMA and I'm like, are right, we gotta stop saying this? There is no point in time where, at least in the UFC, where they do catch fights for both belts. So the whole champ versus champ thing doesn't matter if both belts aren't on the line. Like in boxing, when you like champ versus champ, you, you can win both belts. Yeah. And the UFC is like, yo, it's only one belt on the line. So you're not even, a, to me, you're not a champion right now. Like you are a challenger who has no weight in, in this class, but you're trying to do something that's great. Right. For like the easy circumstance. Cause it's like, yeah. you could just fall back on having 185. Yeah, if the fight was at 195, both belts should be on the line. Let's do it. Like, right, meet in the middle. We're going to do this. Whoever wins gets both belts. But both belts ain't on the line. So even if Izzy gets his head knocked off, he's still the middleweight champion. Yeah. And still, there's a, a big gap between him and anyone else in that division. That's sad. That one right there. Is like, I don't know if you saw him talking on how, you know, we'll get to that. But yeah, Amanda's going to win. Yeah, Amanda's going to win. <laughs> Which really hurts. Because, like, I've, I've heard some Megan Anderson interviews. She seems like a dope person. Uh, but, yeah, Amanda's going to win. T- I'm tired of trainers telling us how their female fighters move like men and hit like men. Just like, yeah, I don't know if you realize this. Nobody believes you. Like, that's not – like, no, nobody believes you. Only, there's only been maybe three women in my entire life that I watched fight in MMA that I was like, that person is like a dude. Everybody else, just it's okay. You hit it's like probably a what cyborg, Nunez, cyborg, Nunez, and then you can argue Holly Holm. <laughs> like you can really argue, like yeah. that chick strikes like a mother. Like it's just. But, but I think if you put her up against even the one thirty fivers on the men's side, you'd be like, if she, she can kick, if she can kick, yeah. But it's like you know, if you talk about you know strikes, it's like I don't know that she could hit harder than TJ Dillashaw or Cody Garbrandt. But those those are like the heaviest of hits. That's true. Like those, that's those, that's true. <laughs> those are like... If we're looking at the best of the best, yeah. Cody Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw. Like those are like straight up like murder. Those people she she could out. probably hit as hard as 43-year-old Uriah Faber. 100%. Uriah Faber was a knock people out like that until yeah. he was the king of the cage. Like that was... When he was yeah, once WC. he had that one fight where he broke both his hands, I think he stopped hitting as hard. Yeah. When he was, when he was in WC, that was my favorite fighter for a while. But like... Uriah Faber, his his days are long past him. But yeah, uh, Megan Anderson will not win this fight. Um, I'm just, I just don't like the hype behind it. Like, I don't like how they're really, they're trying their best to give this woman a chance. And it's just like, I just don't believe you. Like, like I just don't believe, like, I want to believe you. Although like, she I was the one, believe. she was, if I'm remembering correctly, she was the one that went like, she hung in with Cyborg. Mm, I thought that was the uh, last person Nunes fought. There's Felicia Spencer. Yeah, it was Felicia Spencer who fought with Cyborg and hung in there. Oh, was it? Yeah. Damn, that she's yeah, she's a real savage. Then it was. You're right. That's that's a crazy savage to go to a decision with both of those people. 
Yeah, she she also has CTE now, more than likely. Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> T- talk about like making your losses really count against your brain. Yeah. She's eight yeah. and two, and it's like, oh, who'd you lose to? Oh, Cyborg and Nunes. Oh, were they at least quick? No, no. She <laughs> may never. Probably a decade off her life. And I think it was like, I think it was, I think she fought Cyborg, had a fight in between, and then fought yep. Nunes. Yeah, no, she did. I was just looking at she beat someone who I don't even recognize his name. Zara Fern dos Santos. I don't think I've oh, seen that before. No, no, that's probably another Brazilian black belt. But she beat <laughs> Megan Anderson. Yeah. She's a so, beast. She she's a tough woman. She's a tough woman. But I think that I think that if like to beat Amanda Nunes, you can't be afraid of her. One. And two, you gotta match her girth with girth. Like everybody who she fights, she's so much bigger than. Like, I don't even really know how she makes weight. Like, she is a big That's woman. the one thing that makes Megan Anderson interesting is she's yeah, big. She's like 5'11", right? She's six. Yeah, six foot. Six foot. And Amanda's 5'7", 5'8". Like 5'8", yeah, 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, so it's like, that's their size there. But it's like, man, that, she just hits so hard. Like, like, like she's that, like, you know, you have a, it's cool. You have a plan to beat me. You're big. You're bigger than me. I'm going to hit you once. And you're going to think a little bit differently now. No, she's going to hit her once. You can go down like a goddamn tree in the forest. Like that shit is, I can see like in my mind, like once I want it to be a great fight. Mm -hmm. I Like in my mind, it'll be great if Megan wins because it'll add parody. And then, then like maybe a man, I can see a man in news be like, why am I still fighting? Like, what the am I gaining from this? Like, I'm going to go away when you have somebody come get me out my slumber and I'll come back to the fold, you know, but I just don't see anybody besides Shevchenko who's in the UFC currently that gives a, even a chance, even a chance. Like, I mean, there's always a chance. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. But like higher, is, yeah. I think, I think there's a 10 to 20% chance with anybody. Right. Other than that, we reaching, we, we just reach. Yep. Cause I, even I, I get Anderson is like, we're, we we are really like hoping we're, like, we're, we're working really hard to make an argument working here. so hard like yeah. so hard i have a feeling it's gonna we're be working harder here to make a case for megan anderson than they have to work for those brazilian black belts correct i was gonna say this discussion has probably lasted longer than that fight is gonna go oh my gosh that's gonna be sad i, I can see her chopping her down at the legs and then just brutalizing that woman yeah but uh to, to transition to the main event is he and Jan? Which, yeah, l- like you were talking about how just the difference in parody. Like, I, Ariel Hawani was asking Izzy today, was like, is there anyone in- that interests you in the middleweight division? And he was like, no one interests me other than Till, basically because that's the one guy he hasn't fought. And it should be just, you know, Muay Thai skill. But like, I don't think, yeah, I love Darren Till. I don't think that's a, even that much of a challenge for Izzy. He's just that good. It's Izzy. I think Izzy lied about not putting on weight. I think Izzy's gonna gonna weigh in around two hundred pounds. Yeah, he um, said he expects to be under two hundred five. But yeah, I, I, I think he definitely put on weight. Yeah, I think he's gonna definitely put on weight. Um, I think Izzy. The thing about Izzy that worries me is he is the best. He, he has the best dodging skills of any mixed martial artist that I've ever seen outside of Anderson Silva. But, but 
I think Anderson Silva was better at dodging blows than Izzy by possibly a mile. And I know that's big talk. I know that might sound crazy to people listening, but I, Izzy's so good at, at, at being missed, but he is, I don't think he's in the same class as Anderson Silva getting missed because when Anderson Silva, even when he got hit, he was turning with the blows. So it didn't even hurt him. Even when he fought Izzy, he did that. So I think that Izzy's amazing at it, but Izzy gets hit. Like yeah. Izzy gets hit a good amount. Like when he, and it only he's takes fight one. longer than two rounds. Yeah. And that's what worries me. I mean, Blahovich if, hits like, yeah, a truck. Like, like, like hell. Like he, I mean, he, and he's, he's faced some punchers even lately. You know, in terms of raw power, you took it. Look at you all, Romero, uh, drunk Paulo Costa. Um, <laughs> but it's like, yeah, man, you one of those Jan shots. It's different. And, and, and if you if you look at it, though, Romero didn't touch him almost at all. Paulo Costa didn't hit him almost at all. Like, we didn't even really see Izzy's chin. Like, we just saw Izzy dodge and stuff, which he should. Like, he shouldn't stand there and, like, hit me and I'm yeah. going to show you I can take it. But I just worry that this is this is too – and the cage is small from what I heard. It's a smaller uh, – They got the smaller cage? It's a smaller cage. So it was one of those things. Oh, where, right, because like, they're at the apex. Yeah, where, where are you really going to run to? You know what I'm saying? So it's like one of these things where I'm like, it's looking like, once again, I'm pulling for Izzy. I'm rooting for Izzy. I'm going to pick Izzy. But yep. realistically speaking, Jan should win this fight. See, I, I still think Izzy, at, from a skill level, should win. From a skill level, sure. If it was three rounds, I would say Izzy got this. Five rounds is a long time to have to be moving to not get hit. And Izzy, Izzy, I know Izzy for heavyweights and kickboxing, yada, yada, yada. This is different. These gloves are a lot smaller. We're like, I don't know. Even Izzy has only, in my personal opinion, when he's been like in this form, he's only really knocked out one person. And that was, and that was, um, Robert Whitaker. Robert Whitaker. Yeah, I about to say horse. <laughs> Robert Whitaker. It was Robert uh, Whitaker. Derek Brunson, too. I think Derek Brunson falls in that category. This wasn't this, but he's not on that level. I mean, like, when no. he felt like top-level competition. At, well, Paulo Costa. He didn't knock Paulo Costa. He beat him by KO. He didn't knock him out. He was still very much alive when he got beat. That's true. Well, well Robert was, Whitaker he, was He was hung over, which is what, you know. Allegedly. A whole Paulo Costa way. said, I think he even tweeted today, sober Costa's undefeated. So, C-level Kane Velasquez. Finally and, has a buddy. And what color is his belt to? Um, I would imagine black if I had to guess. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Um, Brazilian. Hmm. Mm, interesting. But you all have black. I have not seen one Brazilian contender in the UFC in our modern lifetimes who didn't have a black belt. I ain't seen no brown belts come up. I ain't seen nobody like, I don't even do jujitsu. Like, they all have black. Come on, man. Come on. Even what, what does Darren Till have? Because he'd spelt in like three years there. Maybe they just gave him one. <laughs> and he's someone that has never used anything. Um, there's a video of him submitting a black belt. The purple belt, apparently. Okay. All right. Cool. Cool. So. He's real. He's real. I believe him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's the most dangerous out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah, I just can't believe that. But I think I think Izzy definitely has the skills to win. I'm not saying he's not. He's the favorite, win. betting favorite, I mean, of and, and not too close of a of a line. Of course. So, but Jan wasn't the favorite his last fight either. I don't think. 
I would doubt it. Dominic Reyes? Yeah, I don't think he would have been the favorite. I think Reyes was the favorite because he because people thought he beat John. Yeah, and I'm trying to find odds on the last one, but I, I would think that would be correct. Um, if he makes it out of the second round unhurt, he's probably going to coast to the victory because I I don't know if Jan can carry that type of weight into deep waters. Like I think Jan has to get you out in the first two rounds, or it might be might be a little bit rough for him going about because all he can do is try to strike with you. And if you carry that much weight trying to hit somebody that elusive, it could be. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't gone to a five round decision apart from a split decision against Jacare, which I don't even remember that fight. Neither do I, but everything else has been a three round decision or some sort of finish. And it's like, even the finishes, it's like, honestly, I don't give anyone too much credit if they knock out Luke Rockhold anymore. No, no, no. Because Luke Luke Rockhold is like, and he's down. Yeah, yeah. Luke Rockhold should have never moved up and weight the way he did. Like, I think it ruined his career. Yeah, let's see, because he's still trying to fight, but he, I mean, three of his last four have been KO losses. Luke Rockhold. Luke Rockhold has as bad a chin today as Chuck Liddell. Yeah. Like, yeah, he sh- he's, he's one of those guys where it's like, he, he always looks like he's in great shape and he is, but it's like, you should he's not let model. that guy fight anymore. Cause he's a model. That's the yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, like if, if you're Danny, you're like, dude, just fucking model. Leave me alone. Dude, I, yeah. I wouldn't put him back in the cage like that or put him at a weight that's way smaller. Like put him, yo, you go fight at middleweight, prove yourself at middleweight again. Then, yeah. Like, cause he was a beast at middleweight. I think moving up ruined his career because you you can't take those kind of blows. But it's like I, I I don't want him to fight a Darren Till or mm-hmm. Paulo Costa because they'll break his jaw clean off. Mm-hmm. Not wrong, not wrong. But who you who do you think real realistically speaking? Who do you think will win the, the Izzy? I think Izzy Kovic? wins. I'm going Izzy too, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I think Izzy. I like I don't know that Izzy finishes him by any means. But you think, I think Izzy can win without finishing him? Yeah. So I think he'll just be better conditioned. Hmm. So, like, I I don't think it's necessarily a way that Izzy normally fights. If he wanted to, he could probably point strike this to a decision. But, Romero. <laughs> yeah. That's, by the way, when, when's his fight, by the way? I don't think he's been booked yet. Uh, I believe it has. It's him against Rumble. I know it was announced. I don't know if it's been booked, like, a date. Oh, has it not? Yeah, you know, maybe that's what it was. It was just that it was going to be in the Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah, they talked about it, but I don't think they announced when it's going to be. That that's going to be one of the few Bellator events very much worth fighting, watching. So, what, what do you think happens after this Jan Izzy fight? What do you think? What do you think? Oh, is April sixteenth. April sixteenth. So. Oh, okay. When, when do you, what do you think is more likely to happen? Izzy wins the light heavyweight belt, immediately goes to heavyweight and faces John Jones, or Texas get their shit and shit together. Which one do you think is more likely to happen? Izzy, and I don't even think it's that likely. <laughs> I, I, th- I think there's a better chance of Izzy beating Jan in the first round, fighting John Jones a week and a half later. At heavyweight, then Texas getting their shit together. You notice how quickly Texas went to hell when JJ Watt got cut, right? I mean, it was already going to hell 
before that. But yeah, it's really, really kind of spiraled. I, I, thought, right. I thought Texas already lived in a in a sense of constant hell because it's just a different kind of state. So like, yeah. I just feel like once you get once you once you uh, sever ties with your Lord and Savior JJ Watt, ain't really much protecting you. Uh, yeah, and, and you would think that maybe that would only affect uh, Harris County down down Houston, but no, it's stretched all the way up here to the DFW area too. Never, never, ever, 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 ever underestimate the reach of underestimate the reach of a white man. <laughs> yeah, or or the overreach uh, of a, a white man sitting as Texas governor. So so now that Texas and Mississippi are our third world countries, what uh-huh. do you think you're going to do? Uh, move. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Texas and Mississippi jumped out. I mean, Florida really didn't never do the mass. So I guess they yeah, no, Florida was never doing mass. But like the fact that I, I personally feel if you're ever in the same boat as Mississippi, you're doing something wrong. I don't care what it is. You're yeah, no, I, I, all I can say is I'll be wearing my mask that. I'm 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 be so so doing the same shit I've been doing for a year. Cuz they insane. did they did this the reason the Texas got so far behind with so many cases is a year ago they were like, "No, nah, we need to reopen." After like 3 weeks and it was like, "No, nah, that's not going to work." And everything reopened and then everything went to shit and then the mask mandate came and now they're lifting it again. And I was like, "There's still a ton of people that never really followed the mask mandate anyway." So I, I really guess from that standpoint i guess not much changes but it's like i do feel like it's misdirection though i think that they 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 made this announcement in order to put the focus on no masks instead of how fucked up people are from that winter storm i think they're just doing this as misdirection like oh look over here look over here so that people can forget what's actually really still going on or what's still happening because you're gonna know you already know that that's a powder cake whenever you say like you don't have to wear a mask automatically going to erupt like there there has been nothing that has happened in this country specifically i can't speak to other countries where saying that you don't have to wear a mask has been met with universal morale boosting yeah no it's uh it's an interesting one and i think you're i think you're definitely right i mean there's just been so much shit in the last year that they've had to misdirect about Mm -hmm. you know even going back to the voter suppression um and, and not letting people from cities basically do mail-in voting, which mm-hmm. is also controlled by the governor to the mm-hmm. point where, you know, I, I don't know if we ever discussed this. They set up one ballot box for all of Harris County, which is where Houston is, which for those listening at home, Harris County is bigger than Rhode Island, an entire state, <laughs> one box. So, you know, there's been a lot of stuff that they're always trying to dance around and, and that's just what they do. Um, and it works. People people fall for it for sure. Um, but it's like, yeah, there's still people that are plenty fucked up over the storms of a couple weeks ago. So, mm. um, but they don't care. You know, it's it's all it's all political ploy at, at, at most points. So, mm. um, you know, you, you, it's just like I don't, I don't know. It's, I'm, I get states' rights and all, but it's like, man, sometimes like Texans for sure they don't like it. But man, sometimes they just need to be told what to do. <laughs> like, like Texans are like a petulant, like eight year old where they're like, you can't tell me what to do. And it's like, but those are the people that you need to tell what to do. Otherwise mm-hmm. they fly off the handle. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, that's kind of where we're at. So I look forward to trying to get back out and to the, I'd say more rational, but maybe 
equally irrational northeast just in different ways we are not as not not as bad not as reckless that that's for sure no it's i think the northeast i mean well i can't i can't i have no right to say anything when people are getting slaughtered for snowstorms like you know i'm in philly so you know that whole story came out about the guy who killed the the wife and husband and then killed himself over Mm -hmm. snow so maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong but i think that at least in in the Northeast, there's a line there. Even if you cross it, there's still a line. I don't know if there is a line in Texas and Mississippi. I think the line has been gone and everybody's just like, I'm going to do something irrational just because I can. Yeah, uh, there's, there's uh, mostly irrationality down here um, in That's all nice. aspects, um, which makes life interesting, but equally dangerous. So Yeah, in my mind, when I think overrated. about irrationality, when I think about irrational Texas people, I don't know why, but I just see Yosemite Sam. I don't know why you see Yosemite, but see what you did there. Yeah, I'm <laughs> that's very much not in Texas. I wish I wish we had a Yosemite I see, here. I see Yosemite, I yeah, see I know, Yosemite I know. Sam. Don't try to keep going on this whole conversation about a state park. <laughs> like, we ain't going to do uh, that. Dude, that, that's the thing, though. Texas is so fucking boring, too. So boring. You do know you have to live there, right? Like you talk, you talking about Texas like you already out. <laughs> like you, you gonna think you are gonna leave? It's like Minister Society. The day you about to move, you gonna get a drive by. <laughs> hey, it, I, I'll, I'll, I'll pull out. I've been trained. I'm ready to go. I like if if it means me or you to get out, I will get out. <laughs> hey, here's the thing. I, 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 I will show no Southern hospitality. What, what do you think exists more? Do you think there are more black belts in Brazil or more guns, guns in Texas? Guns in Texas? <laughs> uh, guns in Texas because as far as I'm aware, black belts in Brazil, you can only have one. Mm-mm. You could be a three three degree black belt. You could be like a two But do you get three belt. different black belts? Or are you just different degrees on the same belt? I think that counts as multiple black belts. Yeah, but yeah, but then again, everyone has six guns here. So they I still think got everybody still has six black belts. <laughs> <laughs> they might, they might, but there's all those people that are like, yeah, I need my 35 guns for what? <laughs> to defend my family. All right, all right. Here's a here's another question. Then, do you think the average person in Texas knows how to use a gun effectively, including unloading, loading, cleaning, and putting it back together, or do you think the average person in Brazil knows how to? successfully to sweep guard a triangle, choke, a triangle choke. <laughs> oh yeah a triangle for sure because <laughs> yeah. you can you can luck into a rare naked choke you can luck into an arm bar a triangle choke takes real skill yeah a, a rear naked is kind of just like instinct you're like yeah. i see a neck i'm gonna grab it <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can get the leg up and, and over the shoulder yeah that, that takes a little more skill yeah <laughs> Man, it's, it's it's crazy down here. You know, I thought you know Philly has had its crazy moments, but it's a whole new world. Yeah, no, nah, it's a different and, and not not the fun kind to sing about like in Aladdin. Yeah, no, nah, it's a third world country. It's a different kind of place down there. Speaking of down there, we want to talk about how great Canelo is. I mean, Canelo is amazing. He's already a Hall of Fame boxer if he retired today, but. And I love Canelo. I've been rocking with Canelo since the Floyd fight. That's been my guy since the Floyd fight. But we got to be real about Canelo, man. Like, Canelo is doing things that 
are ungodly. Like where he came from at like 152, 154, all the way up to 175, winning championships in all of those weight classes is absolutely insane. Do I think it's natural? No, but he's never, he's been popped, but he hasn't never been really suspended. Wink, wink. Um, but, I, but, <laughs> but I think it's also one of those things where besides Triple G, he never fought anybody who really was was at that. the was at the peak of their powers. You know what I'm saying? Like besides Floyd, but he was he had to lose weight for Floyd, so it was a little bit different. Where like Kovalev had already been knocked out, he already was on a steep decline. I think he knew he was going in there doing that, and then he kind of bounces back and forth from weight. And even the last person he fought, never heard of the guy until he fought him. Um, I think Billy Joe Saunders is going to give him a, a good a good way, but Billy Joe Saunders isn't a knockout artist, so like he's going to have to outpoint him to win, and I don't know if he's going to be able to do that for 12 rounds. Um, I think Triple G won both of those fights, but they gave a draw to Canelo, and then they gave the last one to Canelo, even though Triple G probably fought better in the, in the second one than he did in the first one, and he didn't win that one. Um, I, I mean, when you're at the top of the mountain, you can handpick your opponents. Floyd did it for his whole career. So I get it. I 100% get it. Triple, I mean, Canelo is amazing. A fucking beast. One of the greatest fighters ever. Arguably becoming the second greatest Mexican fighter of all time. But it is one of those things where I don't know how impressive it really is when it doesn't seem like he's fighting the dogs at all of these weight classes. It seems like he's fighting the ones that are easy pickings. That, which are, is names, right. that are names, yeah. but easy pick. Yeah, you know, he's not fighting the, the Andre Durrells. Um, he's not fighting um, neither one of the Charlo twins. You know, he's not fighting Triple G anymore. You know, like I do like I do like the conversation that's starting to happen, though, about about um, uh, what's his name? Andre Ward coming out of retirement and fighting him at like 175 and, and, and going for that, trying to win. Cause he, you know, he retired undefeated. I think Andre Ward was what thirty five and zero or something like that. Like thirty, yeah, thirty two. Thirty two and zero, yeah. So like, that's a good conversation because Andre Ward is still young. He's only thirty seven, I think. So like, he's been retired for like two years, but I think yeah. he's only like thirty seven. So like, if he really wanted to come out, he's been of, retired almost four years now. But yeah, it's been four. Wow. Yeah, twenty seventeen. So, that's a lot of ring rust. But if he was able to come out of retirement and beat Canelo, that's one of the greatest. I feel like ever. I feel like ring rust affects. Like those types of elite boxers, a little less. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just, I just feel like it's for them. There's a certain. I, I guess it's taking the hit, but the best of the best, they get hit so few times that it's like, mm-hmm. I think the skills are still very sharp, or like it takes like very little time to kind of get that rhythm back, mm-hmm. and you know their evasiveness. I feel like doesn't fall away as easily. As like an MMA, I feel like ring rust really hurts because there's just so many different things that you have to be prepared for mm. where, you know, at, at its core, obviously, you know, there's far more to it, but the hit and don't get hit style of boxing, I feel like it's easier when you're as great as an Andre Ward is, or, you know, like look at what Floyd has done in the past where it's like, yeah, you can kind of click back into that. I think a little bit easier. I also have the sneaky suspicion that Andre Ward never stopped training. Right. And I think there's a piece of that too. But like, you know how people are like, I'm retired. Like look at Tim, uh, Timothy Bradley. Like he literally is double the size he was when he fought. And Timothy Bradley had one of the greatest bo- bodies in boxing history. Mm-hmm. But like Andre Ward literally looks like he just fought yesterday. And I think that that's part of the mind game. I think he probably Andre, has been. 
I think Andre Ward has been slowly prepping for fighting somebody like Canelo for a couple of years now, but he's just been keeping it under wraps if it ever comes his way. So he can be like, well, I'm retired. And then it looks like the odds are so ridiculous. And he comes back and does the impossible because he is one of those dudes. He fought most of his career with one arm. Like, and he was undefeated. Like he couldn't use one of his arms because his shoulder was so bad. And he finally got it fixed like in the last leg of his career. Mm-hmm. You know, so it is like one of these weird things. And like, do I hope he comes back? No, because I want him to stay retired. I want him to stay undefeated. But if he does come back, I'm putting money on Andre Ward because I believe Andre Ward is too skilled. I think he's too big. Um, if if he if he has been doing what I think he's been doing with staying up to date, staying training, just not getting hit, I think that that's a dangerous fight for Canelo. But then again, Canelo probably wouldn't even take it. So it is kind of is it. But he's amazing. I love Canelo. You know, um, I think it's interesting that him and Golden Boy are no longer cool, which is they made him to a certain extent. But I, I think I think it's also good to have Golden Boy behind you because that's how you get a mm-hmm. one eighteen to one twelve scorecard yeah. against Triple Especially G that first time. Especially right. if you're Mexican. Like right. if you're Mexican, you need Golden Boy behind you. Like Ryan Garcia calling out Tank Davis. Insane. I think Tank Davis will take Ryan Garcia's face off. Like uh, I really I do as well. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> bad idea. That would be bad, a super bad idea, like ridiculously bad idea. But I hope it gets made. You know, let's see what happens. Let's see if Oscar is willing to do business with Floyd. That's what I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I just want these heavyweights to. I, I need I need Fury back. I want to see Fury fight again. Do you think is, is it Joshua next for him? You think? Yeah, they said they're finalizing. I saw a report. Are they finalizing now? They're finalizing the, okay. the um the fight for Joshua versus Tyson. What odds do you even give Joshua there? Mm, I think that I actually think they might make Anthony Joshua the favorite, even though he shouldn't be. Like, really? I think that I really do, because I think that there's something to be said about perception. And I think the fact that Anthony Joshua has one loss, it was a terrible loss, but he avenged it really easily. He looks like the guy who should win. And realistically speaking, he has won more championships than, than Tyson Fury, even though Tyson Fury is undefeated. You know, so it's like one of these things. I think it's one of those weird things where it's going to open up, I think, as Joshua the favorite. And as it gets closer to the fight, I think Fury's going to end up being the favorite. Okay. I, I, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I I just – I don't see how Fury doesn't win that. I can see how he doesn't. I, I mean, that- I, I guess I could see it. But he's just – every time I watch him, I'm like, there's just a different level. I think he's amazing. I think he's one of the most – Ignamic boxers we ever seen. Like he's different. He's just a different kind of guy. But he I moves do think different forget- than everyone that size. Mm-hmm. And I think we also forget though how skilled Anthony Joshua really is because he was knocking everybody out. I think we forget that he is sure. a really skilled boxer. Klitschko. You know, he, there's a he had he had a list of names, and he was finishing all of them. Yeah, and I think that's and, and to be fair, I will say this about him: he finished them with actually good boxing mm-hmm. whereas Deontay Wilder finished people because his right hand is from another dimension like not- like every time I watch Deontay Wilder for like like you're not like you're not a good boxer like from like a technical standpoint you just hit way harder than anyone can handle not a good boxer is a very big understatement right he's an awful boxer with like the hand of God like he has yeah. Thor's hammer in his glove right and it's insane. Like he might have the greatest one punch power in the history of the heavyweight division. That's saying a lot. Like, it's that's saying a, a lot. That, a lot. He, that he can't handle a forty five pound suit. You did like, it, and and I think that Anthony Joshua has a skill. I think Tyson Fury is a lot more skilled than Anthony Joshua. I think Anthony Joshua hits harder than Tyson Fury, 
So I think it's going to be a battle of attrition. And I think that I think that it's a little bit overstated what happened to Anthony Joshua when he got knocked out. Because yeah, all, I agree. All of the, a lot of the reports are saying that he got knocked out in training camp. So that makes you a lot more susceptible to get knocked out during the fight. And also, I, I hate that Andy Ruiz has gotten this weirdly bad rap. Like, he's a very legitimate boxer. Yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy Ruiz, he just never is in shape. He was in worse right. shape for the rematch. He, he's kind of like the CC Sabathia thing where it's like, you don't, you don't look like you should be a great athlete. But it's like, yeah, no, he's a very good boxer. Mm-hmm. Like, he went into that fight with one loss. Yeah. He's never yeah, but, been knocked out, even when Joshua hands. beat him. Yeah, great hands. Great hands. You know he's going to come forward. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, what, 5'9"? 6'2". Wait, Anthony, Andy Ruiz is 6'2"? Yeah. I don't believe that. Uh, according to BoxRack, but... All right, I, I, I believe I believe BoxRack. Maybe it's because he's fighting all these really big guys. Well, yeah, Joshua's 6'6", six, six, so, like, yeah, it makes so. sense that he looks tiny. Yeah, he looks mad small. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for that. I, I just there's been I don't know. It, it's the weird thing with boxing that I, I've always struggled with. To just I hate that there's a million championships and they feel trash. like they they trash. never actually get unified. Trash, super trash. It's Can't like how can you have it. like at one point there was you would argue three heavyweight champions because you no have, argument there was three there was three yeah and they all were undefeated right. And we're like, all right, why are we fighting each other? And no one wanted to fight each other. <laughs> it's trash, man. Like, it's actually. You know, That's I, the one thing is like, I, I think the matchmaking can be kind of weird with what Dana will do. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if they give McGregor Poirier an immediate run back, which, like, from a fairness angle, should not happen. And, but it might just because of the money. So, like, people give Dana all this shit, but I was like, it is so much worse in boxing. We're like, yeah, we've had these three guys that we've known for five years. Tyson's situation of having to lose the weight is a little different, but like for a few years, we were like, "Yeah, no, these are the best guys," and we couldn't figure out a way to make them fight each other. I was like, "That shouldn't happen in any sport. It just makes no sense." But those guys still were getting paid a lot more money to not fight each other. Than That's true. No, no, and I, I get. I, hey, if I was in their shoes, I would do the same thing. I would rather fight the the hand picked guy rather than. Fury, Wilder, or Joshua, for sure. No, no, I don't think that. I just mean, like, I think that one, one of the reasons why those guys didn't fight is because there was so much more money in not fighting and building it up. That's Whereas true. in the UFC, even if you get to fight, you're not getting paid a tenth of what those boxers are getting paid, which is insane. Which is why they all want to fight the boxers. Mm-hmm. That's where the money is. And 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 it's sad, man, because like like we just talked about it. Aljo been waiting for two, three years to get a shot that he earned and was probably the clear number one contender. And look at where he's at now. Same thing with Leon Edwards. Like it's just like this guy's a clear number one for how long? And he just skip over him, skip over him, skip over him. And then once he finally gets his fight, it might be too late for him, and that's gonna suck. Right. You know, and, you know that even in the buildup, where it's like I feel like you kind of knew Aljo and Yam was gonna happen, even. Like, the last time Aljo fought, like, it's crazy that he wasn't even the top bantamweight fight on his last card, where he was fighting Corey Sandhagen, mm-hmm. and he wasn't even the top bantamweight fight on that card, even for the, for the men or women, because that was Nunez in the main event, mm-hmm. and then, or oh, that may have been a featherweight, but um, Cody Garbrandt was the co-main. Yeah, that was his and comeback was like, fight, right? Yeah, yeah, because that was that was the night that everyone th- thought Sean O'Malley was gonna have 
the mm-hmm. finish of the night, and then suddenly he did not. No, he got he had to finish it or not, all right. <laughs> he probably he probably was hurt way longer than anybody else who fought that night. No, no, no. The Sean O'Malley one where he finished Eddie Wineland. Oh, that one. The walkaway one. The walkaway and then one. Cody had the one where he kind of came up from under yeah. with one Hook second left in the round. Hook yeah. Oh yeah. Another walk off. Yeah. So that 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 was, that was a wild night. I remember that one. But uh yeah, it was like I, I remember thinking after that fight, I was like, Yeah, no, Aljo's should be the champ right now. Because at the time, Jan hadn't – his most recent fight, I believe, would have been against Faber. Mm, I think so, yeah. So, and- like, that's where it's like – in my brain, like, Aljo still is, like, to me, the most deserving person to call themselves the champion of that division, but with the who's who that he's beaten. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I just hope he keeps his head because I, I think he should win. I think he's better than Jan. Jan's super tough. I just think Aldo has more tools in the bag. I think Aldo, Aldo definitely has more tools in the bag. It's just can he reach into the bag deep enough to get those tools? Like he's gonna have to. I, like I still don't really know how great Aldo's chin is because I don't think he's really been chin checked on the level that he's probably going to get chin checked in this fight. So if he can, if he can buckle down, bite that mouthpiece, and and, and either Swing. dip, dodge, or press forward. I mean, yeah, the only time he's been knocked out was a knee, mm-hmm. which is like, yeah, that's gonna mess up most people. Uh, flying knee, he's gonna anybody. do it. Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting. Like I think that the fight card is one of the best ones I've seen on paper ever. I think that it has an opportunity to be something special. Um, and it could be the first time in UFC history that three championships changed hands in the same night. I believe. Uh, first time it's possible, or first? Time I think first time it like it like it's it's a really good. Happen. I think it's a. I mean, besides the minute, that's right. Well, that's, but that's I think that. <laughs> I think <laughs> that overall. I, <laughs> I think overall, though, like if somebody was to put money down, like I want to see what that what that bet is like for all three champions to lose. Would you want to see? Would yeah, well, I want to see. By like, the way, I'm excited to see Dominic Cruz back in there too, because like that's how you know a card's good when he's on the prelims. I mean, he's also on a losing streak. So. Well, he won. Did he win? couple fights ago or am i forgetting he's been hurt so much um that's right he was hurt well no he beat that's so crazy oh no yeah so his last he's on a two-fight losing streak going back to garbrandt yeah that's crazy that it's been that long yeah uh let's see here okay ufc so if we wanted to make a bet that the title changes if I put a hundred dollars down, hundred. Okay. What are we looking like? Do I get a million? <laughs> uh, other. Well, the no, because it'll be. I mean, it's gonna be good. A hundred bucks gets you two grand. Oh, that's good. That's good for all the three. Pro- the problem is Aljo and Jan are at a toss up. Like they have even odds right now, mm-hmm. and then Izzy's a pretty heavy favorite like on izzy alone if you bet 240 that's how you get 100 yeah so like <laughs> basically you're being carried by megan anderson I, I, I gotta see i gotta see the uh what is it called when you have like a bunch of bets in one thing the parlay i gotta see the parlay the parlay it would be the one where it'd be like all three that, no that's one. what i'm looking at right now oh you are oh that's yeah. trash. that's super trash yeah so yeah the parlay is uh plus two thousand odds okay it all like, it all rides on Megan Anderson's. Bro. It really does. <laughs> it really does. And that's the so, one we like. Yeah, good luck with that, Megan. 
So it's like, okay, if we, if we want to get real crazy, who else we want to add? Tiago Santos, add Dominic Cruz. Let's add those two. 100 bucks gets you 10 grand there. Wait, who? Who, who, who we add? If you add Dominic Cruz and Tiago Santos. To win? Yeah, because they're both underdogs. Who's Tiago Santos fighting? Uh, Alexander Rakic. Rakic. That's crazy how fall how far Tiago Santos has fallen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some interesting names on this. One. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, damn, ten. You say ten grand? Ten grand. Hundred bucks. That ten grand. I might, that, I might have put that up. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I spent hundred dollars on worse shit. In Yo, my life. what is? This can't be right, right? What is? When's the Leon Edwards Blah Muhammad fight? This is uh, like saying it's, it's at six a.m. on a Saturday. There's no, no way that's a, right. It's, it's six a.m. in um the Emirates, I think. Because that's um, when they, maybe they fight, it just says they fight the early Apex, in the morning. But may, that must be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, they fight like, really what? early. <laughs> yeah, because I th- I think I think um Izzy and um what's his face for at like six a.m. Oh, I'm gonna It can't be right. No, it's going to happen at the UFC Apex. So it's going to be in Vegas. I think that's wrong. It's on Wikipedia. That can't. That just makes no sense. Yeah, I think it's going to be at the Emirates. Regardless, that's early. Um, but yeah, it's gonna, it should be a fun card. I'm hoping it's just good. I'm hoping the fights are good. Um, I think they should be primarily. But... I, I didn't even watch the last card this past weekend. Same. From from the Twitter sentiment, it sounded like that was a good choice. Um, <laughs> some people that were less than thrilled by the entire event. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we can get back. We can get back to it. I'm sure we'll have thoughts next week about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, watch everybody lose, but Megan Anderson. We're gonna be here like, uh, well, we should have bet on Megan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, she she's got some of those odds, which is this is why I had bet on Holly Holm. Where I was just looked at him, was like, hmm, I feel like she has a better shot than those odds giver, and I can't forgive myself for not betting a little bit if she does hit. Dude, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. Like, I, yeah, that, I don't think she's gonna win at all. I'll be surprised if she even. Never mind. I'm gonna stop talking like this as if she doesn't Damn, have the it. disrespect. Listen, man, what's she gonna do? I I I just hope she hangs in. Hanging tough. Way. Yeah. It's, have fun. <laughs> once again, the Australians have not been winning. It's all the Kiwis, so she has to turn it around for our entire nation. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, I'm, I'm down for some shoeies if she can pull it off. Yeah, I'm good on that. Good on the shoey? Shoey life on. isn't for you? Nah, man. I don't, I don't Honestly, think. if Texas keeps up with the way it is, Everyone's gonna be infected with something anyway. May as well do a shoey. It can't. Nah. It, it might make me immune. Who knows? I'm good on that. That's like saying, you know, what I mean, instead of me getting tetanus, I'm gonna get rabies. And it's like, no, I think we should just maybe the common cold. Maybe we should go really low on that scale of what you can catch. <laughs> <laughs> like you, can, you shouldn't be a out stomach virus. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be out germing somebody. Like I feel like that's like one of those no nos. Like, oh, you got you got hepatitis. Oh, I got A and C. Like, whoa, why you got double hep? Like, what you, what you this thing? Yeah. But what happened to a, a nice little sneeze? You dig? Like, what happened to coughing in your hand instead of your elbow? Like, maybe you start going crazy like that. Like, I'm still <laughs> <laughs> coughing in my hand. I'm not going to use hand sanitizer. We're going straight to the shoeies? 
nah, player. I can't be putting something in my mouth that was on somebody's foot, even if it's my foot. Yeah, my, my feet probably aren't the best thing to, to drink off of either, so. Fuck no. And, and it's not even – and beer don't kill nothing. Like, if we was putting whiskey in it, I'd be like, well, it'll, it'll, it's, it'll, it's, it'll kill some stuff. We yeah. drinking beer. Beer is made out of yeast. Yeast is a fungus. Fungus attract fungus. We trying to die. Yeah, you, I feel like you only do a shoey in a shoe that you're, like, ready to get rid of, which also probably means it's completely beat up, which just adds to the dangerousness of it. I realized that white people literally have not been facing any struggles when shoeies became a thing. Like, you know what we need to do? We need to do some shoeies. We ain't got shit else to worry about. Like, what? Well, that, well, that's, I think that's why it's an Australian-New Zealand thing is because they're like – it's like the out-germing thing. It's like, well, there's plenty of things in Australia that will kill you that are just out in nature. So what's one more that we created? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's literally like, yeah, we fly so close to the sun. Let's get a little bit closer. It's like, why do you need to do that? You know what I mean? Like – Worry about the the rattlesnakes and the and the spiders and, and the shit that's in the water. That's gonna kill you too. Like why why are you flying as close to the sun? But hey, what do I know, man? I'm just a guy in America who also knows that Megan Anderson gonna get her face beat in. So we'll hey, see. If well, the once COVID is over, I, I think what we should do is just fly to Brazil, fly back. We'll pick up our black. <laughs> and we'll call it a day. Dude, how funny would that be? We get there in a, in a week's time. It's, it's like out. flying into Hawaii. They give you a lay. It's like, oh, here's your black belt. Dude, oh, like, I, don't, I, I really don't believe it. Like, I really just, like, there's too many of them, and I never see them use it. Like, yeah. I just don't believe it. It's like somebody who tells you they have a gun, but they don't even show you the permit. They be like, I got they, a gun, they're just, they're just kind of here in the jacket pocket. Like, yeah. they never actually show you the gun. Never show you the gun. Like, I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. And, and if Megan Anderson gets... Amanda Nunez down and Amanda looks anything like Justin Gaethje on the ground, I would never watch UFC again. (laughs) (laughs) She she taps Amanda in the first round. Where's that black belt? I will be, I'll be sick. I'll be like, what is this? Let's see. I'm curious to see if if it lists what her belt status is. Megan Anderson. She's a gray belt. She's not even, doesn't even exist. Green or something. Uh, well, there's not many uh, results for that, so that's cool. <laughs> I feel like there aren't that many people in Australia and New Zealand who. who I mean, have. she has three wins by submission. She's also lost twice by submission. What kind of submission, though? Uh, let's take a look. Where are you? Rear naked choke. Oh okay. no, that's a loss. That's a loss. Um, so two fights ago, triangle. Okay. Okay, that's skill. Arm bar. Uh, you can luck into an arm bar. Rear naked. Uh, <laughs> reflex. <laughs> <laughs> you sure she didn't I, just I, sit on that girl's face? Like the the rear naked was in 2014, like when she was fighting on the local scene in uh, Australia. Like she probably dominated some chick, just sweeps everywhere, and we're like, oh, she probably lucked into that one. <laughs> That triangle probably wasn't even a triangle. She probably sat on that girl's face and was like, oh, my God, I'm tapping. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, what do like, we call I'm that? way bigger than you. Yeah, what do we call that? Catalingus? No, we have to call that a triangle. Okay, triangle then. <laughs> well, the triangle was, yeah, two fights ago. Uh, and then she got submitted the fight before with the rear naked. So that was just luck by Felicia Spencer, I'm sure. <laughs> Felicia she Spencer's got triangled, too. We already talked about that. <laughs> no, I yeah. think and Megan Anderson is a beast of a fighter, but you know what I mean? It's, it's hard when you're going against God. And yeah. and she has that mommy power now. She just became a mother. So Amanda Nunes ain't fucking around. 
Megan Anderson is tied with Cyborg for the most knockouts in featherweight division, though. I don't believe that. That's bullshit. She has the most stoppage victories in the, in the division, but that's only because Amanda's fought there twice, I think. She also has the most fights in the featherweight division in the UFC. See, this, is the, type of, this is the type of shit. That, these are the Sebastian Janikowski stats. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> like the most attempts. He tried. <laughs> the most rounds. Yeah. The most. She, she has the most stoppage victories in featherweight division with three. Watch. They're going. I, I bet you she also holds the record for the most miles between fights. Probably, because uh, let's see. Amanda Nunes has what two two fights in the featherweight division. Yeah, she has two okay. fights in the featherweight division, knocking out Cyborg, and then the decision against Felicia Spencer, which probably could have been a stoppage. Yeah, they probably should have stopped that fight. But it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, not that fight, but the card. Oh, I was about to say I don't think that fight's gonna yeah. be fun at all. No. That fight's gonna be destruction. <laughs> Might be funny, but that's gonna be bad for somebody, and that somebody is not a man in this. Yeah, but wait, wait till that third fighter gets in there. That that's the one that's really gonna have that tough time. That's what maybe that's what you do. You go one on two with Nunes. No, you go Grand Prix. Yo. Fuck it. We're gonna do this all in one night. We're gonna tire her out. <laughs> Did whoever she beat. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. see, that'd be that'd be great. Is the people that are like. You know, they, they appear and are completely unscathed at their, you know, post-fight conference. We're like, we could go again right now. Those are the people that should be like, okay, we're going to do that next time. You start at two fights on the next card. So, like, they're on, like, the early prelims, and then they also have the main event. And no, you just wait, keep wait. doing it until they're fighting every five minutes. See, I think that they need to call those bluffs, man. Whenever somebody's at the at the post fight, like, yeah, I can go right now. I was going to hear the Undertaker's music, and the smoke comes through, and then you just see somebody, you just see a legend walk up, like, is that yeah. Hoist Gracie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime a middleweight or welterweight does it, just immediately stone cold glass shattered GSP walks out. GSP walks out, <laughs> slamming seltzer water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might be too that might be too unhealthy for george <laughs> no nah, man but it's gonna be good though man i mean i hope it's good it's built up like it's gonna be good and i i i would be highly surprised if there aren't at least three finishes in those main on that main card i'd be highly surprised yeah i i, I think that'd be uh accurate but i'm i'm, I'm excited i, I just want to get to saturday get through this week mm-hmm. mm. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm sure we'll be in close contact. We'll have some thoughts. Did we? All right. This is my last point before we yeah. close this thing out. How much is it? Because a lot. I wasn't. Because when Connor was fighting, it was 100. I was like, get out my face, dog. This ain't gonna happen. And I couldn't find a price the other day. Let's see. Looks like if you have ESPN Plus, it's 70. Kiss my dick. I'm out. I'm not. I'm not buying for this shit. Hey Dana, because I know you're listening. Pay I'll the man, streaming. Dana. I'll, I'll be streaming. <laughs> 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 All right, we out.